This is our number For the fastest 15 minutes in the news, this is Dory's Fastest 15. Oh, man, that is just heartbreaking to hear that soundbite with the wife whose husband was killed in a parking garage in South Center on Friday night. They just see somebody breaking into a car. They apparently yelled out and said something, and the car prowler allegedly opened fire, killed the husband, and wounded the wife. And... It just, it it breaks your heart because we are left with such a despicable choice these days. Do we just let our dystopian world continue to go down the drain or do we say something? Do we try to make a difference if we see crime happening? And man, if the prices you pay with your life for calling out a car prowler for somebody else's car... It's, it is a tough one. Man, heartbreaking. All right, uh, welcome to the Fast 15, a world of news in a tidy little 15-minute package just for you. I'm going to try something here, Nicole. Let's see if this helps. I've got a brand-new bottle of DayQuil. I'm going to take a shot of DayQuil on the air here. Hold on one second. I feel like Spud Goodman with his Pepto-Bismol. Wow, yeah, good radio here. Yeah, I know. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Mm. See if that coats the throat. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now I can speak like a real professional. Oh, good, good. <clears throat> Man, these things. Has anybody else text us if you've lost your voice for a week? Are we on a week now? I, I lost mine Wednesday night. It was my last night on uh, my little long weekend. But my wife, she she lost hers for about 10 days. But I didn't feel bad until yesterday. Oh, I didn't even know she had lost it. So you did kind of, you've yeah. both been sick. Oh, yeah. Shared yeah, this She spot. lost hers ahead of me. Yeah. Man. So, I know, going into the holiday season like this. I know, the bugs oh. out there are for real, man. Everybody's <clears throat> complaining about them. I know. I got to be healthy on Thanksgiving because we, uh, we, we have all kinds of competition on Thanksgiving Day. We got, uh, we got some pickleball going on, some basketball, wiffle ball. We got all kinds of Thanksgiving Day activities going on wow, here. Wow, I hope you get nice weather. I think it's supposed to rain this week, right? Uh, uh, I heard it was going to be nice on Thanksgiving. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. so anyway, but uh, I appreciate everybody hanging with us, even though it's a little sketchy to have to listen to. But we're doing our best. That's all I can promise. We're doing our very best. Okay, let's get to the fastest 15, a world of news in a tidy little 15-minute package. Uh, is the sound transit preview ready to roll, Nicole? What do you think? Nicole? Uh, not ready. Let's, yeah. uh, let's give me okay, a couple more minutes. People. I want to verify. We have a guest coming up at, at 1.30 this afternoon. She has been... Riding mass transit around here for 20 years, but she says it's just getting too bad. And she took video of a homeless guy, and Sound Transit police came on. They didn't do anything, they just got off the train. You can't walk from car to car on Sound Transit. So she got on the front car because she knew the driver would be on there, and he didn't seem to care. 
private security got on, and this guy was just ranting and raving about being a confidential witness, and uh, we just okay. got people out of their minds. You can go ahead and play it. We'll listen close. <laughs> okay. It's, it's just a little video she grabbed. Next stop, wrestling. Oh, well, Go we have reports every day of people smoking fentanyl on the trains and on the buses. Oh, and by the way, kids ride free. Make sure you get your kids right in the middle of these, uh, this environment so that they can start becoming groomed and indoctrinated to the sound transit lifestyle. So we'll talk with that woman at 1.30 this afternoon about how bad it's getting on the trains. Oh, you did this one just for me, didn't you, Nicole? I did. I thought this oh. would be fun today. So on the American Music Awards last night, uh, they did a little tribute to my, my girl, Olivia Newton-John. And uh, so Pink covered one of her songs. No, I like Pink. I like her songs a lot. Mm-hmm. I like ONJ a lot. I do not see Pink being able to do Olivia Newton-John. I mean, she adds a little bit of her own flair, but not too much. Not an not an annoying amount. You know, when she, they cover songs and just ruin it, I I think she make does it her good. own. No, you, you made it your own, dog. Okay, let's see here. That's not bad. At least she hits all the notes. Oh, yeah. I mean, as it goes, she hits more of them, obviously. They get higher. Yeah, everybody was singing along. It was really sweet. Bring it up loud here, Andrew. I give it a thumbs up. I thought it was great. That's not bad. And I, I love Pink too. I'm really bummed she's on a, she, or she's starting a new tour, and uh, she's not coming here. I'm really bummed. I've been keeping an eye on it. One of her concerts was on, I don't remember if it was Amazon Prime, or, but I watched one of her concerts a couple of years ago, and uh, she's a great live performer. Oh, yeah, so. acrobatic. Yeah. She does crazy stuff. Yeah, it does like Cirque Slay stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, our president of the United States, Joe Biden, he turned 80 this weekend and this morning. I've said this for years and years and years. There may be nothing in the world of politics that I dislike more than presidents pardoning turkeys. I hated it when Trump did it, when Obama did it, when Bush and Clinton did it. I hate it. It's a, just a foolish little exercise. But they have to keep doing it now. So, uh, Joe, take it away. God love you. Nine and a half million turkeys. I tell you what, that's like some of the countries I've been to. And the, Anyway. What? Is he slamming people who live in other countries? Uh, yeah, nine and a half million people. Wow! In some so countries, eight, are quite turkeys. 
this will be interesting. When Trump called some countries assholes, right. it was 24-7 CNN, MSNBC. When Biden calls foreigners turkeys, let's see if they go two seconds with that. Nobody laughed. People standing there with the turkeys. Like, well, I, know, I, I like that, huh? that he got no laughs, that he has to go, oh, anyway, <laughs> which is what the horrible comedians have to do. And then he sounds like an old man when he tells you what he named him. Okay, what'd you name the turkey, Joe? Of course, chocolate is my favorite. Chocolate is my favorite ice cream. What, what's his favorite <laughs> ice cream? Ch- choke it? Choke it. Choke it. Choke it! <laughs> choke it! <laughs> okay, uh, so, yeah, okay, choke it is his favorite ice cream. All right, Dr. Heimlich, go ahead. Of course, chocolate is my favorite. Chocolate is my favorite ice cream, so I, but I could have, we could have named them Chips and Science, but anyway... Would have been good names as well. What? Chips and science? What does that mean? <laughs> I'm assuming it's a flavor of ice cream, but I hadn't, I hadn't heard of chips and science. No, there's no chips and science. Uh, I don't uh, know. What is, and I after don't every know line, he, always, he does the but anyway. That's mm-hmm. annoying. Do. And then, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Joe. All right, then we got the uh, vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, and um, she seems to think that something here is significant. This is my third trip to the Indo-Pacific region as vice president and really um, signifies the significance of the relationship between the United States and our allies and partners in this region. Uh, The discussions that we had included, um, in large part, a discussion about the significance of the climate crisis. And there you go. So it significant, signifies, signifies, signifies. What am I trying to say? I can't even talk. Signifies today. the significance. Signifies the significance of the significance of climate change. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm glad we have heard there too. Okay, I'll uh, add it to our montage. Yeah. Oh, do we have a montage? Yeah. Did you bump it up? I did. Listen, I always like you. I always enjoy our Kamala montages. As we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. It is time for us to do what we have been doing. And that time is every day. Every day, it is time for us to agree. Talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. I am here, standing here on the northern flank, on the eastern flank, talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our NATO allies. is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. And I haven't been to Europe. And I I don't know. We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going and our vision for where we should be. But also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges. We have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible actually happen. What is at stake at this very moment? What is at stake this very moment? 
are some of the guiding principles around the NATO alliance. As it relates to what we need to do domestically as well as, as what we need to do in terms of this issue generally, we have, as the president said, uh, reevaluated what we're doing. Based on what we've just been able to see, and because we've seen it or not, doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but just limited to what we have seen. The significance of the relationship between the United States and our allies and partners in this region. Uh, the discussions that we had included, um, in large part, a discussion about the significance of the climate crisis. Mm, she likes that word, significance. All right, so we'll add that to the old Kamala montage. We can't get enough of it. All right, up next in the big league. I love Tom Patty. Love his music, but oh, the Tom Petty estate is upset because Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake used his song, I Won't Back Down, at some of her campaign rallies. Some of the people on the left complained to the Tom Petty estate, and they have responded saying they will explore all of their legal actions. To see if they can get Carrie Lake, who I think they've called that for her opponent now, so she wants a recount though. But I'm so sick of these rockers who get so upset when politicians use their music. You produce a song, you put it out there for everybody, and to be so upset. Oh, did you see that thing about John Mellencamp this weekend too, Nicole? Mm, He's, I don't think so. He was at an NFL game, and he was sitting in some luxury suite, of course, and everybody in the suite is standing with their hand over their heart for the national anthem, and John Mellencamp uh, stays seated in his nice, padded, cushy uh, luxury box suite, so he won't stand for the anthem. And I remember a few years ago, he did a song on national TV, and at the end, he took a knee and put his fist in the air, and he fancies him. And see, I really like John Mellencamp's music, too. But uh, Mellencamp and Tom Petty, they just are letting their woke ideals override everything. It's a shame. It's a shame, I tell you. All right, next up in the fastest 15, as soon as I get to it here, here we go. Uh, along the same lines, there was a huge shakeup in Hollywood last night. And I'm surprised this is not bigger news today because uh, Bob Iger, he used to be the CEO of Disney, <clears throat> built it into just a powerhouse. And then he finally retired, wrote a book, was on the book tour and, you know, worth uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, last night, and this is unusual on a Sunday night. But the Disney Corporation announced that Bob Iger is returning as their CEO, and they're getting rid of Bob Iger's successor, a guy named Bob Chapek. Well, let me tell you about Bob Chapek. He's the guy who decided to embrace the grooming of children down in Florida uh, when Disney took a corporate stand when the voters down in Florida said, yeah, let's keep our six-year-olds out of this whole grooming debate. And Disney took a stand, and that is when uh, when Ron DeSantis said, okay, I'll take on Disney, and Ron DeSantis destroyed them. 
He said, okay, you guys, if you're going to operate as this little independent fiefdom, which Disney enjoys in Florida, uh, even though their property is in Florida, they were given all kinds of independent status. But DeSantis said, no, if you guys are going to become a de facto political organization, uh, then you're going to have to deal with that. And Disney revenues have fallen off. Their profits have fallen off. And they've released a bunch of movies lately. And the movies are not geared for their target audience, families. Their movies are geared to show how woke the corporation is. So they make sure that as many characters check as many boxes as possible. And when you lose sight of what your reason for being is, and in the case of Disney, it's to provide entertainment for families. When you go woke, you go broke. And Bob Chapek, who's taking Disney down that broke and woke path, he got canned last night. Bob Iger back in as the CEO of Disney. That's a huge shakeup for one of the major companies in America. And it's another sign that woke ideology just does not work. And that is your Fastest 15. This has been the fastest 15 minutes in the news. Fast, 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 fast stories. Fastest 15. You have 15 minutes. We'll give you the world. Coming up next, a listener, she's been taking mass transit around here for 20 years, but she says enough is enough after seeing yet another crazy guy on the trains that the sound transit cops won't do anything about. Her story next here on the Dory Monson Show. Well, as I talked about at the beginning of the show today, we are still seeing tremendous problems with the homelessness industrial complex. The guy who's running the regional King County Authority says that he thought they were going to get $10 million from the feds that they are not getting. And so now he's asking the taxpayers to backfill that. Meanwhile, the more we spend, the worse the problem gets. And if you ride light rail or buses around here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Lynn is a listener to the show, and she's been riding buses and trains for 20 years throughout this region. And she emailed me about a recent experience that I wanted her to share with you. So she joins us here on the Dory Monson Show. Hey, Lynn, thanks for coming on with me today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And so, as I said, you have been a long, long time frequenter of mass transit around here, right? Correct, yes. Okay. And uh, and I know we've all seen things getting worse, but there's for many of us, there's that one tipping point where you see something that's just rather inexplicable. So tell me what happened when you were riding the train uh, by Northgate the other day. Sure. It was Wednesday morning, and I um, drove from my home, parked at the Northgate Park and Ride lot, and it was about 7.50 in the morning, and there were a lot of commuters getting on the train, and there was an, an individual, a man, that was, you know, dirty and yelling and clearly homeless and had something going on. Well, he followed us up the escalator and the stairs to get on the train, and I was, of course, hoping he would get on a different train, but he got on the car that I was on, 
and the the cars on the on the trains you cannot travel from one to the other so you're right. basically locked in that in that car and i got on the car uh the front car so i knew the driver was there and i saw this individual get onto the car and so i knocked on the driver's door and i said i I think there's an individual on the train that that needs to be removed. And the driver just kind of glanced over his shoulder and said, oh, I don't see him. And I felt like he was just dismissing it. And I said, he's right there. He's on that bench right there. And he took a second look and said, well, I've got to go and closed the door. And we took off. And I, I think he did mumble something about security or radioing ahead. So meantime, um, the homeless man was laying on a bench. He was eating something, some type of sandwich, and just food was going all over the place. You know, people were trying to move away from him. And about, and he, he started yelling. He started yelling profanities and things about. Let, let, me, being, let me ask you how many uh-huh. people were on this particular oh, train car, do you think? I mean, did you feel like you had some security in numbers at least? A little bit until I looked around and I saw it was mostly men. And I I think that a lot of women react differently to these situations than men do. Unfortunately, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but they, a well, lot of the men. No, you're fascinating me with this. So you think you're less safe on a train car filled with men? Yeah, kind of. Wow. Just because I kind of felt like they didn't want to get involved. No, I. You know what? I've been saying this for a long time that I think we have seen an increasing number of of so-called men who just do not want to take any kind of responsibility if they're ever in a situation where a uh, a lady or a fellow man or a child is in distress. And yeah. I, I've seen that myself many, many times. And right. I've called it the feminization of our men. And, right. And, I agree. Uh, that fascinates me that that you would rather you'd feel safer on a car filled with women. Okay, right. so let's pick it up. Yeah. So you get to the U District station, sure. And what happens? So, yeah. So to go back to your question, I think there were probably at least twenty people on that particular okay. car, and so we get to U District, and a transit police gets on the car and kind of mumbles something to the individual that was still laying on the bench, still spewing food all over, still screaming. Uh, so the transit police mumbled something to the guy, um, kind of motion like, hey, you got to get off the train. And then he uh, mumbled something in his radio and stood there for maybe a minute. And then he, the, the police officer got off the train and we proceeded to go towards downtown. And they and at left that point, the belligerent guy on the train. Yes, yes. And it's at amazing. that point, I looked around at the men on the train and put my hands up like, huh? Yeah. And again, none of them even batted an eye. They were like, it is what it is. And I, I truly was looking around thinking, who here would step up? Yeah. And from, by all of their reactions, I, I didn't see anyone. I, you know, I may be surprised. I may be just, you know, misreading the situation. But I also wish that I'd had my mace with me. And so well, there yeah, we go. I, I, I agree have, with that. You said that you're used to seeing homeless in your 20 yeah. years of yeah. mass transit, but you no longer feel safe. No, I don't. I don't. And so 
I'm because I'm usually able to get away from them. If I see them on the street, I'm able to cross over to the opposite side. If I see them, you know, I'm I'm able to kind of tell. You you just learn. You learn who you should avoid and you know, who is probably going to be okay to interact with because some of them get mad if you don't interact with them. And so this is the first time because of the fact that we were locked in that car with this guy. Yep. And of course I could have gotten off at any stop, but I was hoping that somebody was going to come and do something with him. So then we, we get to uh, two stops further up. I think it may have been Capitol Hill and a private security guy got on the train and again, you know, tried to tell the guy, Hey, you can't do that. You, you, uh, you need to get off the train. And the guy was with it enough to recognize that this was a a security guard and not a police officer because he started yelling at him. He's like, you're a fake cop. You're not a real cop. And just F bombs, you know, like I sent the video he was just screaming. Yeah. And so finally, we get to uh, my downtown stop, and, and the security guy was able to get this guy off at the train. Well, it's just such a shame. We're spending $100 billion right. on this light rail system. Uh, it's the most expensive public project in our nation's history, and uh, they can't even keep people secure. Meanwhile, they're telling everybody's kids, ride the train, ride the yeah. buses. We'll make it free for you. Right. And, I, man, if I had any other options, there's no way I would let my children Right. Uh, aboard, there are people openly smoking, uh, you know, fentanyl fumes and yep. and using drugs. I've chronicled that on the show. Well, as yeah. always, I appreciate when someone like you brings this to my attention, Lynn. Because uh, if we don't keep getting the word out, there's no way it's ever going to change and get better. Right. Well, and it's not only that; it's like the, the, the cars stink. They stink of urine and vomit. And then at the end of the day, when I got off the train at Northgate, it was. You know, five o'clock in the evening, half of the parking lot was was dark because the lights were all burned out. And yeah. so I'm walking to my car in the darkness. Yeah, and there have and, been so many crimes at the transit stations that yeah. that's that's a concern as well. All right. right, well, we're going to stay on top of them, Lynn, and see if we can get some. If we're spending all this money, people should at least feel some safety riding the system. For sure, especially if we're paying for the service, not only yep. through taxes, but through buying the ORCA card. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on with me today, Lynn, and, and sending us the video. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Story. Okay. All right. That's listener Lynn. And uh, I'd love to hear your thought. I'm fascinated by what Lynn said, that she feels safer if there are women on the car than are feminized men here in the Seattle area. I, I agree with her, by the way, but I'm fascinated by that. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can text me at 888 973 888-973-5476. Lots more straight ahead here on the Dory Monson Show. Look at me, a 
I'm annoyed by John Mellencamp sitting for the anthem at a NFL game this weekend, but I bump in with one of his songs. And that's because I mentioned something a few days ago. It got a really fascinating response, and I want to go more in-depth on this. Uh, I mentioned that this big T tower, uh, a concrete tower in the shape of a T that was being built alongside I-5 to build a new ramp from I-5 to, I think it's 520, not 990. But it's crumbling before it's even been used. They had scaffolding around the top, and when they took off the scaffolding, they saw that the concrete had crumbled off and exposed rebar. The tower was built in July. It has to be torn down. You may remember a couple of years ago, Sound Transit built a huge parking garage in uh, on the east side. It had to be torn down before one car could park in it because there were huge cracks in the concrete. And on and on it goes. A bunch of the concrete um, track supports on the I-90 bridge, which I think is going to be an absolute disaster, putting a train on a dynamic surface. But they've started started to say crapping, which is Freudian. They've started cracking, and a lot of them have had to be replaced. And a few days ago, I was just kind of musing that, you know, the West Seattle Bridge that was built in the 1980s, it was supposed to be a 90-year bridge, and it didn't even make half of that. And I was just musing aloud, why are all of these engineering projects, we spend more money than ever, we certainly have higher technology than ever, why are these projects failing at a greater rate than ever. And what I mentioned was when the I-5 Ship Canal Bridge was built in 1959, I believe, 4,400 feet long, it's been double-decker, it's been a workhorse for 60 years. The Aurora Bridge, is not only beautiful architecturally, but it's been around for almost 100 years now. Uh, it's been 90 years, to be exact. But it's been carrying cars, it's gorgeous, and hasn't had a major failure. How in the world did we build things better in 1930 than in 2022? Well, I mused that aloud, and I got a tremendous text response from listeners and I would like to hear from you again on the text line, 888-973-CAIRO, 888-973-5476. But how is, I, I think the West Seattle Bridge was filled with graft and corruption. That was right when Democrats were starting to take one-party control of everything around here. And a bridge that should have lasted more than double the amount of time that it did. Uh, was failing. They'd shut it down for more than a year. And I started getting fascinating text messages from people telling me, well, wait until you see the ramifications of the concrete strike that we had last year. Because they start, you know, the concrete is usually delivered in those rotating drums on the back of trucks. But I had more than one listener saying that they were delivering the concrete in dump trucks. And so the concrete wasn't getting mixed. And so uh, the, the amount of wetness on the top of the concrete is making it weaker, 
Now, I don't know this. This is what people are telling me. But this is what I'm going to investigate because I love being a watchdog of government. And I'd like to hear from you because I know a lot of you are in the building and trades business. But how in the world can bridges that we built in 1930 and 1960 do so much better than bridges that were built in the 1980s or projects that are being built in the 2020s? How are we building parking garages that never have one car park in them because they're so shoddy right off the bat? Is it just pure government craft and corruption? Or is there more to it? Is it that we've got uh, a lot of specs where the best don't get the bids? But I'm going to work on this. I'm going to have a, a big blowout on this in the next couple of weeks. But I'd love to have your help on this. So, again, shoot me a text if you are in the building and trades biz and let me know how things we built when we didn't have computers, when we didn't have the kind of science that we have today. But things we built back in the 1930s are doing so much better than things being built in 2022. Text me at triple eight ninety seven three Cairo triple eight ninety seven three five four seven six. We're going to check the news, and then coming up next, we're going to talk about uh, get a lot of feedback. Would you intervene if you saw a criminal act in place? We'll talk about that and much more. Big lead at two next. <laughs> 